Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks that a sub goes underwater. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is, of course, a weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'm going to be looking at the principles of pegging. <laughs> I'll be following up last week's chat with a submissive and finding out how you discovered your submissive side. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And I hope you're ready because I am gagging. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you think that pegging was going to be all over the news and we weren't going to mention it? (laughs) Okay, let's open up. Pegging, as if you didn't know, don't look at me like that, is a bit of bum fun for the lads. It's when a woman uses a strap-on or a dildo on a straight man. The phrase was coined by Dan Savage, but I am old-fashioned, so I still call it anal play. Now, look, let's be honest, you are going to find this all over the Metro this week. Those guys are obsessed. There's a fabulous article where six men explain what it's like to be pegs and why they love it. And Violet Fenn spoke to the fabulous René Denier from Shh. (laughs) That's a sex shop. It's not just a a random noise. Uh, So Shh is a sex shop that specialises in strap-ons. But I thought I'd give you a few tips of my own because I know that it can be very intimidating when you are um, (laughs) staring into the void. So first of all, let's make sure that everything down there is clean and vacant. Take it from me, it is better to have an empty house than an angry lodger. Now, Start slow and small and with lubricant. Don't rush in with a 10-inch strap-on. Use a finger and work your way up. You can get latex gloves if you're not feeling too confident with your acrylics. And actually, if you Google me, you're going to find so many pictures of me with latex gloves on. And this is why. Third, there is no such thing as too much lubricant. Slather it on. Do it all. Don't use spit or butter or baby oil or water or any of the other things you've read up on on Twitter. Use lubricant all the way. Fourth, when you get to the stage of using toys and strap-ons, remember that anal ones are different to vagina ones. They've got different shapes and textures to hit all the good spots. Make sure you get ones with something you can grip onto because unlike a vagina, your bum hole does not have a stop. Things get lost. And remember to keep them separate to your vaginal toys because nothing is quite as unsexy as bacteria. (laughs) And if you're still nervous, then Shh offers strap-on workshops with advice on what to get and how to use it. You can find more advice and all these wonderful articles at metro.co.uk. And if that hasn't been enough to bring you to your knees, let's chat to this week's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and maids, we all know the saying that behind every great man is a great woman. But I think that woman is just as great when she's kneeling in front of him wearing a lead. You may remember our chat with male dominant chief 
Well, I could not resist the opportunity to flip the coin and talk to his submissive Wano to hear her insight into female submission. Please welcome back, Wano! Hello! Oh, oh my goodness, I'm so chuffed. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you do the best introductions and I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to hear from you. I think it's so good to hear more about straight female submission. Do you ever find that there's like a, any kind of stigma or stereotyping attached to it? I mean, I could go on. Come at me. Come at me, bro. Well, I mean, the, the stigma is just, I guess, what you would expect, really, that female submissives are brainwashed or unintelligent or just following along the social sort of normative idea mm. of the man and the woman being behind him more like, like your Amish or something like yeah I actually I grew up Mormon and so that's actually kind of part of that stigma and perhaps it was like a Freudian sort of thing for me to take that idea of male and female roles in the world and in eternity and then to switch it on its head and turn it into a kink Um, but that's kind of what I did because I grew up with a lot of shame and guilt about sex in in general Um, masturbation out of the question premarital sex out of the question and I grew up with a very, very, very clear idea of the sort of woman that I was supposed to be when I grew up. And even as a child, there were expectations that I act a certain way, that I dress a certain way. And they all felt very limiting in a, a sexual sense. You know, like there is, even though we did not discuss sex really, you know, I, I grew up not really... I mean, I knew what sex was, but like, it was such a bad thing that it was the shame that you would feel, you know? So, um, I didn't, I didn't know what masturbation was, even if I was doing it in my adolescence, I, I didn't know that it was masturbation, but I knew that it was bad. Mm. And so it's taken a lot of healing and kind of just understanding where I came from and understanding the role that all these social institutions put on sex and on women's bodies and just on perceptions of gender. And I've had to really come to terms with the idea that these conventional ideas about male and female roles as being a hierarchical power thing, I've had to accept that I find that actually arousing even though I had previously flipped the switch and gone all, you know, full out feminist, reading all the literature and kind of unpacking that sort of like gender idea that I, that I had in my head. So it, it's almost like I've done like a 360, you know, like I did a 180, but then I went around and kinkified my past trauma. So there you go. 
But I think that sounds like super subversive in itself. I think that sounds like a great thing to do of going, well, I grew up in this strict society. Then I read all the literature, totally feminized out, absolutely amazing. And then go... And then go, fuck it. one of the best things is go, just go, fuck it. Yeah, I will yeah. genuinely just fuck it. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Does it annoy you, though, if people say to you, oh, well, you, like, if they stereotype you and say, well, you, of course, you, you know, if you grow up like this, then, of course, you're going to be submissive. Well, you know, but they don't know that you're you're non-monogamous and you've, you're coming at it from a very much a educated yeah and educated and this is because it arouses me this isn't because I need a man this is because I want the man yeah exactly it doesn't anger me because I I understand where that judgment Mm. comes from I mean I've I grew up in that cultural space I I I know that what is getting taught about sex isn't going to give those sorts of people do, who do have those judgments, it's not going to give them the sort of understanding and nuanced mm. sort of feelings towards anything outside of the the conventional. So, so I, I actually I don't mind the stereotypes because I I get them. You know, I I understand why they exist, but I hope that I am doing my best by sharing my experience as a female submissive. Uh, with Chief on his site and through social media and just, you know, living my life. <laughs> that I, I hope that I'm at least helping to to kind of minimize the harm that comes from those sorts of stereotypes. So well, let's start with looking into actual, you know, when it comes to submission. So where do you start? What do you look for when you're seeking a dominant? Well, obviously each submissive is going to have their own sort of style of dominant that they're looking for I think some pretty common sort of personality traits that you'd look for would be a self-assurance and a sort of command and presence uh, in the room as well as a bit of a dark side you know but like not dark as in red mm. flag but dark as in he could do pretty nasty pretty amazing things to me but that's hard to judge obviously in like a dating profile or something you really just have to feel it out for yourself and know that you're going to get a lot of you're going to have to go through a lot of manure um in the process Mm. did you put that you were submissive on your dating profile I did actually quite explicitly. Um, oh, I bet your inbox is interesting. Oh, God. There was a, a point when I was actively looking for a relationship that I decided I, I was so annoyed with all the small talk that happens on dating apps. And it was, it just takes time. And I don't care. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't care about all these random people's small talk I'm not a small talk person I'm a deep (laughs) deep conversation person so I decided one day to cut it all out of my profile and explicitly state exactly what it is I was looking for I said you know I'm like I am a submissive woman who is looking for a older man who is mature and respectful and knows what he wants and will discuss things with me and and I I had a whole list that I put out and I actually got a lot of surprising responses I'd say about a third of my inbox were 
guys just taking the piss mm. um you know and but like in a funny way but almost like a I can't believe you actually wrote that way mm. um the other third were guys you know who were instantly trying to be gross you know mm. as they are like hey baby cakes like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's bad <laughs> that's 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 the worst <laughs> and then I had another third of guys who were genuinely curious and they were like wow I, like that's really brave of you and can you tell me more and you know the conversation would go and maybe they would find that they'd be like hey this isn't actually what I'm looking for but thanks for engaging with me and thanks for educating me a little bit on this and I was like yeah there you go mm. but I mean that's like 90 percent and then the other 10 percent were maybe people who actually knew anything about BDSM for real or had actually experienced it in reality it kind of made me feel a little bit better about men actually surprisingly because I was like the majority of these guys are just normal and you know you get the normal guys the silly ones the joker the jokesters the stupid ones but like it made me somewhat less afraid of of engaging with them mm. surprisingly was it different from the UK to compared to America I did not really try in the states um no nah, fair play yeah. <laughs> We're a bit more chilled out. It's. I think that's where the humour comes in. We're a bit more like, oh my God, a pretty lady, let's go. If you were trying to give advice to other women, though, that were trying to explore their submissive side, what would be something that you'd you'd say to them? I think my advice probably wouldn't be what you would expect. Mm. Because I think submissives, anyone who identifies somewhat as a submissive, has to, they have to work on themselves first. And I think that a lot of submissives that I hear about or that I hear from fall under this trap of wanting to find a dominant to fix their problems or because they somehow can't yeah. cope with what it is they're going through. And I know that's a broad generalization. And there are plenty of submissives who are competent and who are dominant in real life and just want to be submissive in the bedroom and and have confidence um but like i'd say that the ones that i come across can sometimes sound a little bit self-absorbed a little bit and i worry that if they go looking for a dom without working on what it is they want out of submission that they will fall for the fake doms um and get themselves hurt get themselves in situations where both people end up having a communication breakdown or getting into serious trouble so there's some, you know, some steps that you can take to try to like bolster up your defenses as a submissive because you do kind of have to be you have to be on guard. You have to be protecting yourself um, when you are classifying yourself as submissive, because that's really a sign saying I want to be taken. I'm here for the taking. And obviously you're going to get people who who will take advantage of that rather than exactly yeah yeah a lot of journaling at the end of the day I wrote a whole article <laughs> about it on on cheap site that I kind of got way too into and he kept on telling me he's like he's like this is too much you know like you've been working on this for a week I'm like but that's so important you need to know your your limits you need to know your personal boundaries you need to know that there's differences between limits and personal boundaries and that it's not quite the same thing and I was really going into like 
sort of consent and negotiations like these are all things that you need to work on first before you like really get into BDSM and you said um a really interesting phrase work out what they want from their submission what what do you want from your submission oh man I'm going to put a qualifier on that because I think there's there's differences between like what I want in terms of like physical sensation what I want in terms of emotion or perhaps like core desires Mm. so those are different things so if we talk about like physical sensations or like what I want to get out of it physically I mean orgasms are nice (laughs) Um, subspace is great Mm. and I like experiencing both of those things and arousal fun yeah you know so those are things that I look for um how I get that can it depends on like what we're doing I like to feel submissive because it kind of it grounds me and I think because of my past with shame and guilt I actually find a lot of freedom and submission because it's allowing myself like a plausible deniability of like I can I can feel these sexual feelings, but if I'm not the one who's actively doing it to myself, if my dominant's doing it to me, then it's okay because I didn't really want, you know, like I I wasn't the one doing it. Mm. So like it's it allows me to actually feel sexual pleasure um, much more easily than if I'm trying to do it myself. Wow, that's so. I mean, no wonder your journals must be absolutely like thrilling and huge (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot in there to unpack but uh, I I do want to talk to you I'm I want to talk to you first about some of the more practical things though like like you mentioned subspace and there's subspace Mm. and sub drop so what's what what's subspace so this is going to be my own sort of definition because there's so many definitions out there and people classify it as different things I think subspace is the altered mindset that you get into when you're doing heavier sort of BDSM play such as impact play such as really rough sex and it's when you have this rush of endorphins and rush of hormones going through your body and that rush gives you a high basically it it, it's the only thing I can really compare it to is like a runner's high or if you're doing like yogic flow if you're doing some yoga sequence and you just get to this moment where you stop kind of noticing the discomfort and you're just going and you're flowing and that's the same thing you know running not that I not that I do it but like I know that like if if you're if you're running you get to a point where you can just run um and I think subspace is that for me uh which is different than a submissive mindset which is kind of like you're like lower just like wanting to think submissively and that's that's an easier place to be subspace I think needs that sort of like physical bodily response is that for you the goal or a bonus it's a really nice bonus um (laughs) it's not a goal I'd say most of the time I'm not in subspace when I am it's pretty clear that I am because you start like you don't want to talk. Um, I, I mean, each person will experience it differently, but like I basically will just kind of turn into this mushy sort of puppet that chief can then just manipulate however he wants. But like, don't expect anything like really 
intelligible to come out of my mouth because it's just not there. I don't have the brain functioning. I'm I'm just riding with the vibes. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so nice and relaxing. Oh, it is. God, what about sub drop? How do you tell us about sub drop? Yeah, so sub drop unfortunately happens after subspace because your body has just been flooded with the, all these chemicals and endorphins. I mean, Chief and I have like read up on some research of different things that, that are going on in your body when you're aroused and like when you're doing impact play and whatever. The analysis of this all, it's brilliant. Oh, it's intense. It. It's really laid out in his book, Sensational Scenes. That's like where we go deep into it and like pull in some different, Yeah. like we've looked at some studies and things. But basically all these, if you think about like each chemical and each hormone as being like on the meter mm-hmm. bar, they all deplete at different rates and at different levels. So once they're all depleted, it's going to take time for them to fill back up and for you to stabilize back to your normal. So once they're depleted, that's that shitty feeling of sub drop, which happens anywhere from like four, eight hours after play to like two days up to like a week, Mm -hmm. depending on like how far you went in, in subspace with how intense you played it's going to take time to fill those things back up. So you're going to feel a bit shit. Maybe like you have the flu, pretty emotional, um, probably very weepy and needing, you know, comfort and just assurance that like you're still a good person because it depletes not only like your physical sort of like energy levels, but also your emotional like dopamine, serotonin things. How can dominance help with that? Uh, Aftercare. Aftercare is definitely... Um, necessary especially if you're playing really hard and that's going to look different for everyone but everyone's going to need to get those levels up so you're trying to do anything to like boost your serotonin and dopamine levels so that's eating chocolate having some sort of sugary beverage is usually really helpful Um, rest a massage cuddles words of affirmation you know the love languages physical touch is really important I do sometimes get quite clingy if if I've just been in in subspace. Like I don't want him to go too far because the further he goes for me, the less attached I feel to like reality and then things start looming in and then I'm just going to start being a, a well of tears. So it's like, don't leave me, you know, even if they're like just cleaning up, you're like, you think that you've been abandoned. So like, Chief will roll me up in a little blanket burrito and tell me he's going to go clean up. And then like me being safe, tucked away in this little bubble of protection that is the duvet, that's usually sufficient. And then you just have to sleep it off, really. Oh, I think that's so, that sounds so much nicer than just like a, a Lucasade and half an orange. That was what I was a bit worried <laughs> about. But no, <laughs> cuddles and a duvet burrito. That's definitely yeah. more my vibe. Absolutely. And maybe a Lucasade. And me. <laughs> Uh, you can't go wrong. Not with the league's age. No. <laughs> oh my god. And what would be one of your big if you could go back to your younger self though and give give her some advice, give little Mono a bit of advice, what would what would you like to say? That it's okay to feel sexual pleasure in the world. And it's okay to present yourself as a sexual being. And that there's nothing really wrong with that, um, no matter what people say. You know, and just like kind of hang in there. Also, sex is good. Sex is sex is healthy, and with a with a good partner, you know, it's 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 good for you. 
and and just like so, I gave the same question to Chief, but also just to all the straight men out there who are, you know, all they've got is like this, just the picture of the the, the Christian grey torso. What mm-hmm. would be your words of advice to them? Just realize that submissives have strength even through their submission, and they're actually choosing if they choose to submit to you it's because they feel like you are worthy of holding that space for them that is so good thank you so much mono if people want to find you where can they find you i'm at argamwano on instagram and i mean sometimes i pop in on chief's website rarely because i i struggle with the writing bit and on the podcast on conversations with a dog yes brilliant thank you so much for joining us thank you yay it's been so fascinating my thanks to Monyo there. Oh, I loved hearing from both sides of the coin. It's something that you you rarely get a chance to do. But I really love chatting to Chief and Monyo, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to them. If you did, then they've got their own podcast called Conversations with a Dom. And of course, you can head over to kinkyevents.com for more information. Now let's dive into this week's mailbags. Last week, I asked you to send me your stories of when you discovered your kinky submissive side. (laughs) Uh, Now, a friend of mine has actually been in contact. He slipped into my DMs and he said, this is probably more about discovering my kink than being particularly submissive. But a YouTube rabbit hole got me into furries. It all started with a short documentary and now I'm helping to organise furry conventions in the UK. And that's totally true. He is. I know him and I'm trying to get him onto the show but obviously he wants to remain anonymous so if you are a furry or you organise furry conventions please get in contact because I am desperate to know more Kerry has been in contact via email and she says I was never that fussed about anything too kinky but I do really like a good hard shag well done Kerry yeah Uh, oh and she says and everyone in earshot knows it (laughs) oh yeah I know the type and she goes on to say last year I met a guy who was doing the deed but just as I was about to come he solemnly said be quiet or I'll stop Oh, I can imagine it. Even though it was supposed to be a one night thing, I couldn't stop thinking about that moment all week. Now, I know it's not the most kinkiest of things, but it definitely started a journey. Do you know what, Kerry? Kink and submission and domination, it doesn't have to be all bells and whistles. This is not a theatrical production. In fact, most of the time it is just an attitude and that. Oh, that can be the sexiest thing of all. Speaking of sex, next week we're going to be celebrating National Swingers Day by chatting to a guest on how to open up your relationship. So tell me all about your threesomes, foursomes and moresomes. Did you go from a couple to thruples to trouble? Did you like that? Uh, Did you find glory in an orgy? Maybe you swung to the oh so right before it took a little left turn. 
Tell me all by sliding into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. And remember, you can always send me a voice note. We love those. Or you can email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. And if you want to hear the ones I love, and let's face it, why wouldn't you? They're getting dirtier by the week. Then remember to subscribe. I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you're enjoying this weekly slice of podcast cream pie, then please leave a nice review. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. I'm ahead of the game.